0: Welcome to the third season of Better News, a series of special podcasts it's all journalism is producing in partnership with the American Press Institute. I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Better News offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. The effort is fueled by API and the Knight Lenfest Local News Transformation Fund. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight some of the useful research API has published as part of its Better News initiative. Jim Prather is executive director of programming at the Las Vegas Review-Journal. API's Better News initiative recently ran a feature about how the Review-Journal used Mobbed Up, an 11-part podcast series that examines the mob's rise in Las Vegas as a way to grow audience and revenue for the paper. Jim's here today to tell us about it. Jim, thanks for being on Better News.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: So first of all, you know, tell me a little bit about the situation that led you to decide that you needed to do a narrative podcast at the Las Vegas Review. You know, how that process start, you know, what made you decide that narrative podcast and a podcast uh, examining the history of the mob in Las Vegas was going to be your answer?
1: Well, we had successfully launched several topical podcasts. Vegas Nation focuses on the Las Vegas Raiders, Golden Edge on the Vegas Golden Knights. And we're also doing a weekly podcast on entertainment in Las Vegas. But in May 2019, Keith Moyer, publisher, and the leadership team worked together and we decided to make the decision to begin building Narrative Podcast. We're fortunate enough to recruit a true crime podcast producer, Reed Redmond, to Las Vegas. Reed is the reporter, producer, and voice of Mobbed Up Season 1. Before Mobbed Up, he created our first narrative podcast called Critical Condition with reporter Shay Johnson. That five-part series is based on the events of 1 October 2017, the mass shooting that killed 60. This podcast documents the stories of two Las Vegas police officers who saved a woman's life that night. It was quality work that demonstrated what was possible with our team. And then we began working on a long form narrative, multiple episodes, and we identified an opportunity, and that opportunity was with the mob and Las Vegas.
0: So what problem were you trying to solve by launching this podcast?
1: You know, there's always been a mystique around Las Vegas and organized crime, thanks in part to the movie Casino, starring Robert De Niro, Sharon Stone, and Joe Pesci. Some locals actually think fondly of the mob years. You can still hear the phrase, well, you know, the strip was better run by the mob in the day. We wanted to set the record straight with the real story of Las Vegas and the mob put into digital form. The best way was a narrative podcast. There was an audience searching for this material, and we believe the Review Journal and the Mob Museum were the best organizations to do it. And that's why we created a partnership with the Mob Museum.
0: Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. How did that partnership come about?
1: Well, we were very fortunate that uh, one of the reporters, a former reporter from the Las Vegas Review Journal, Jeff Schumacher, was vice president at the Ma Museum. And we sat down with Jeff and we outlined our plan and several uh, opportunities for us to go through and, and outline multiple storylines. Reed had done some research. We had identified three or four different storylines on the Mob in Las Vegas. And after sitting down with the Mob Museum and having an extended conversation, we worked together and said, this can really work. They could see that the Review Journal was committed to podcasting and really telling the story and working with them in a partnership fashion. And it was a win-win. For both organizations.
0: So tell me a little bit about the process of, of, you know, putting this podcast together and launching it. You know, how did you do research? You know, I assume the partnership with the mob Museum probably helped a lot.
1: It really did. You know, I worked with Glenn Cook, our vice president of news, as well as Reed and our senior technical director Larry Meir on this project for eleven months. I hired Reed in June of 2019. He started initial research on on various storylines. We met with a mob museum in July 2020 and quickly became partners and targeted the storyline that developed into season one of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. You know, Jeff Schumacher was so instrumental because he had worked at the Review Journal, he had lived in Las Vegas, and he was a key voice as well on our podcast. It was also very important that his team checked the historical accuracy of our content. We conducted more than 20 interviews former state officials, former FBI agents, Frank Collada, the mob hitman, national mob experts who've written extensively about the subject, former and current reporters from the Las Vegas Review Journal. We also gained access to FBI wiretaps as they were tracking the Kansas City mob activities in Vegas and elsewhere. We went back to the RJ archives to capture the flavor of the storytelling in those decades from the 60s and the 70s. We also used material from the national archives like Reagan Presidential Library. After six months of interviews and research, January 2020, we hired an audio engineer, Jonathan McMichael, to begin work on the music, sound effects, and editing the series. May 26, we released the first two of 11 episodes. To date, there have been more than 718,000 downloads since launch. It it was a complete team project and involved working with our content team, our video team, read the sales organization, the marketing team. It was a process that touched every level of our organization. And, you know, we couldn't have done it without the MoMA museum, their ability to, to really give us access to certain content and the introductions that are required to be able to uh, make something like this work. And let's just say the MoMA museum they do have connections.
0: <laughs> Having listened to a few episodes of the podcast, I can say that it it's an excellent listen for fans of crime podcast. It's really well produced. It's got a really intriguing storyline. The thing I like about your approach is that you're a newspaper, you're a news outlet. You have that sort of perspective and, and you involve the museum and, you know, the richness of the research that they have available to you. And at the same time, you know, the paper has archives of how it, you know, covered the mob in the city. And so, you know, when somebody does a crime podcast, it's really kind of easy to sort of romanticize the mob. And, you know, that kind of becomes the focus, but because you're a news outlet, you've taken the time to go and, you know, dig in the FBI files and elsewhere to present a more, I think a more complete picture. It's one of the things I like about it when I was listening to it.
1: Well, you know, I I think you're right about people do look back fondly in some respects to a smaller Las Vegas. It wasn't as crowded. The resorts didn't dominate the landscape. And there was just a sense and a feeling both in the local community as well as anybody that has watched casino, it's easy to be fascinated by the storyline they projected, the storyline of Tony Spilatro, the storyline of Frank Rosenthal. So as you look at that, it's easy to understand that people really gravitate to that as a storyline, but the truth is really something that's just fabulous to understand, and it's an amazing story.
0: Yeah, for sure. From what I'm able to hear, I'm definitely looking forward to... uh... Listening to the rest of the podcast series, the first season. So, what worked well with the podcast? You come up with this plan, you launch it, you know, you've got a lot of people who uh, listen to it. What do you see with the successes of it?
1: You know, I think you really need a great story. And for our first season, we had a great storyteller in Frank Collada. Frank was a mob hitman who was in Chicago and relocated to uh, Las Vegas. He passed away in August, 2020, and we're thankful for the time that he shared with us to tell a story. I also think a lot about the quality of the reporting, that it's important that we have high-end production values. As you said, Las Vegas Review Journal, a newspaper venturing out into the podcasting environment. We wanted to set a a new standard for us and through the storytelling. You know, the other key thing that we like about this project is that it's an evergreen product that continues to grow an audience as people search for this topic and content that we've told a complete storyline in 11 episodes and an audience can come in and a year later, two years later, and still relive the moments with us. It's also important that, you know, I think we generated revenue that's very important. I should rephrase that. It's very important to generate revenue to support our cause. And, and you know, we, we got multiple sponsorships. It was a big win for our sales team. and It was a big win for the clients who were attached to the project. All of a sudden, this is moving us closer to, at least for this content category, a national brand. And we have a lot more stories to tell. And we're preparing season two as we speak. You know, we learned a lot about Narrative Podcast, and and it's really expanded the boundaries of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You know, as we're looking at how did we do, and, and we were charting and looking, is this working, is it not? During its launch week, the podcast reached 57 on the Apple Podcast's Top Podcast, and number 11 on the Apple Podcast's True Crime Charts in the United States, so it took a lot of time, energy, and effort. We had to prepare a marketing plan and execute that marketing plan and and make this audience that loves true crime, but also is highly focused on the storyline of Las Vegas. We had to reach out and market to that audience. You know, our initial goal was to have 500,000 downloads. It was an ambitious goal, but we've exceeded that number and and that number continues to grow.
0: Do you feel that the podcast represents you, know, you as a brand and also in a way represents the way the city looks at its past?
1: I really do. I think that we've introduced our brand to a whole new audience, both local as well as national. You know, one of the things that we like to talk about here is. The fact that Las Vegas, 75% of the people who live here, they were born somewhere else and they moved here. So as you're trying to talk to that audience and reach that audience of locals to actually educate them on the true history of, of Las Vegas and the mob, this is very helpful in setting the record straight and reaching that audience. But then there's the national audience that has some preconceived notions about Vegas and the mob and we're able to extend our brand both locally as well as nationally and and talk to to that audience. And and I think, you know, for those who have tuned in, I think they've been pleasantly surprised by our efforts. I think it speaks to the quality of of the people we've hired and recruited in our video and audio studio and and the quality of the reporting team we've assembled
0: uh, as well at the RJ. So what didn't work? I mean, you make these plans, you launch your podcast, it does well. Is there something that you thought was going to be work out a particular way that didn't, or is there something that you would do differently in the second season?
1: Yes. We're going to work on reaching out to our sales clients more effectively. In season one, the audience wasn't sure what we were going to do and the quality of the work that we were going to do. And we built the trailer. We shared the trailer with them. And, and I think in hindsight, we would have been more proactive in sharing more clips of the content with our clients and with our sales team so that they could uh, reach out and sell it more quickly. Again, this was our first narrative podcast and it was a new experience for us and there was a learning moment on the sales side of us sharing enough information that the sales organization could sell it sell those sponsorships effectively but also you know coaching the sales team in terms of how do you sell it how do you sell impressions downloads you know reaching that uh, that quality of sharing of information that can make all the difference in the world when you're talking to clients, both locally and uh, nationally.
0: What type of feedback did you get from the local audience? I know you talked about you had a national reach, but you're also, you know, trying to talk to this local audience. What were they telling you about the podcast?
1: They loved it. You know, we got a lot of feedback and it was a story that many of the long timers who have lived in Vegas a long time wanted to hear that story told. And when you're telling that story in newspaper articles, magazine articles, you get a slice of it. But when you're listening to 11 episodes and you can listen to it at your own pace and really experience it and hear the voices and the sounds of, of what was happening. And, and you know, it's, it's a fascinating way. We got a ton of feedback and it, it helped us really generate a positive impression with the community because they weren't quite sure what to expect. And they were very happy to, to see this story told. Now, the mayor of Las Vegas, former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, didn't participate in the series. We offered him the opportunity and uh, he sits on the board of the Mob Museum But for a variety of reasons, and and one of them I do believe is that he's working on his own projects to tell his story as it's connected with Las Vegas and the mob. And he was a mob attorney at the time. And he has a compelling, dramatic story to tell. But it's also filtered from his point of view of representing mob clients at the time. And so... You know, I, I think there was positive response overall to, to what we're doing. They love the stories. They love the articles that we attach to help explain some of the content. And people in Las Vegas are truly fascinated by the storyline.
0: So what can people expect in the second season of, of your podcast? And when are you going to be launching it?
1: Well, we're very excited about Mobbed Up Season 2. We're in production as we speak for season two. Investigative reporter Jeff German is our guide for season two. He actually covered the Vegas mob story in the 70s. He covered Tony Spalatro, Lefty Rosenthal, and the state and federal officials who were battling the mob at the time. One of the key storylines of season two is the Detroit mob. And you know, when you talk about the Detroit mob, you're talking about Jimmy Hoffa and the influence that the Teamsters Union had on Las Vegas. It's an amazing story that I think people are gonna be fascinated by. You know, narrative podcasts are amazing and we certainly believe in a narrative podcast. And we just can't wait to move forward with additional narrative podcasts. But our primary goal right now is getting season two completed and releasing it uh, in, in the end of June.
0: Excellent. That's not too long to wait. (laughs) It'll give me plenty of time to finish the first season. So, but you are considering doing other types of podcasts?
1: We are. You know, we are. We're, We're looking at some of the investigative work that we do and creating content attached to that in narrative format. We have several investigative reporters, and I think they will be amazing as we begin the work, both with audio and video to more effectively tell the stories on the investigations that we do.
0: Previously on Better News, I interviewed Joni Deutsch, who launched the Amplifier podcast at WFAE, the public radio station in Charlotte, North Carolina. The podcast focused on the music in that region. And it was very much about, you know, creating an identity for that community. And it seems something sort of what you're doing, you're looking you know, what stories there are in the town that you live in and that you cover that you can sort of turn into a narrative and tell a bigger story that locals can learn things that they haven't learned. And then people in the larger podcasting community, because podcasts go all around the world, can hear about it. So what advice would you give to another news outlet who might be thinking about producing a narrative podcast?
1: What can you do better than anyone else in your field? What content category can you really have ownership on? What content category is underreported, but that people have extreme interest in? It's that intersection of, they wanna know more about that content category, and there's not enough information there, and oh, by the way, you have deep archives, you've got experts, you've got reporters who can live and tell the story on a minute by minute, day by day basis. And I think that that's critical. I also think that having MOB mobbed up be uh, such a success for us, we've learned that you need a great partner. You know, the MOB Museum has been instrumental in helping us gain an advantage in, in meeting the key players of history and this timeline. You also need patience. You know, I think a lot of times In the minute-to-minute, day-to-day reporting, we get consumed in the moment. And you have to have a certain amount of patience in the storytelling. If you're going to create compelling narrative podcasts, you've got to do your research, you've got to do the interviews, and it takes time to pull all that together. And then on top of that, put the kind of production values that work for your audience. You also need the right people to pull it off. Reporters, podcast producers, the technical support, and I would say most importantly, the support of your company, because it takes money and resource to be able to do this kind of material. The sales team is important. Anyone that I talk to, I talk about creating a partnership where you're able to communicate effectively what the product is, who the target audience is, and how you're going to tell this story. And That that gives the sales organization the opportunity to go out and present something new, present something that people are excited about. I also think go back into your archives. You know, we talked about this earlier, you know, use your archives to help frame the story. What were the headlines back in that day, back in that moment, whether it was a week ago or 25 years ago? It enhances the story when you can point to content and reporters who are on the ground when it happened. And finally, I'd say that marketing is crucial, that you need someone who can share insight, who can help create a marketing campaign and reach the audience that you're trying to reach with your podcast. And the audio engineering is also extremely critical as well, that you want it to sound great. And that is an audience. The podcast audience is one that is very much listening to what you're doing and it matters to them.
0: I've been talking about the Mobbed Up podcast with Jim Prather, Executive Director of Programming at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Jim, thanks for being on Better News.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate the time today. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Better News, a co-production of the American Press Institute and It's All Journalism. API's Better News Initiative offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. You can find out more about the Better News Initiative and this podcast at betternews.org. El evento más importante del planeta está
1: en Telemundo. La Copa Mundial de la FIFA Qatar 2022.
0: El mejor fútbol del mundo reunido en un solo evento. ¡El campeón del mundo! Vive cada jugada y emocionate con nosotros porque el mundial lo es todo. Del 20 de noviembre al 18 de diciembre en español por Telemundo y Streaming en Peacock.